When I was growing up, in order to get to the life of your dreams, it required a fairy tale. And of course, after I graduated from college and I was out in the real world, life didn't really add up for me. So how did I end up here? Which I would say is my dream come true life. I get to hang out with people I really admire, do projects that I think are important, um, in travel around the world in places that I never even thought possible. So I ended up here largely due to the Thrive budget, which is something I'm going to share with you. So whether you are a high school student preparing for college, a college student preparing for the real world, a young parent trying to make ends meet with kids, um, a you know professional without kids that really wants to thrive, or a baby boomer who is ready to downsize and live the golden years. The Thrive Budget is going to be the, your ticket to financial freedom. This is where it all starts. Of course, investing and all these other things are very important as well. Passive income, money while you sleep. But you never get to that point if you feel buried alive in bills, struggling to survive, and also debt-laden. So the Thrive Budget is the key to unlocking that first step that launches your dreams. And we'll get started momentarily. So again, thank you for joining me. I'm going to start off with the working professional because we can all save thousands annually with smarter big ticket choices. I'm going to show you a couple of the low hanging fruit on that, but I also want to cite one other statistic. So the biggest way to build wealth as a young professional is to buy your own home. On the other hand, if you buy high and the value of your home drops below your mortgage, that can be a living hell that lasts a decade or longer. And your FICO score is going to suffer, your borrowing costs, all of that. Also, if you buy more than you can afford, that's a problem. So with unaffordability um, really a problem today and prices at an all-time high, and that's home prices at an all-time high across the United States, down a little bit, but still pretty lofty, and interest rates more higher than they have been in, gosh, probably 15 years now is not the best time to purchase unless you get a great deal or it's something more of a family thing where it's not really at retail. So we want to be mindful that yes, you definitely, if the price is right and if you can afford it, definitely the sooner you stop making the landlord rich, the better. But there are other ways to solve the housing problem. So if you are under the age of 40, statistically, you might be spending 30 or even 50% of your budget on housing. And that is going to keep the you poor and the landlord rich. The only way out of it right now is not to buy and buy high and have all of the perils of that or buy more than you can afford, but to maybe think about house sharing. Some way that's going to not be soul killing for you, that's going to allow you to save a lot of money and stop making the landlord rich, right? So again, housing, the big ticket items that can make the, all the difference in the world with regard to the Thrive Budget are housing, um, our utility costs, the amount that we spend on our car, the amount we spend on health insurance and other insurance products. Now, speaking of health insurance, Young, healthy people, or even healthy people in general, before you hit Medicare, you could set up a health savings account. 
you could start divert, stop making the health insurance company rich, get a high deductible plan, put money into your own health savings account. That becomes the best long-term health care that you could have. You also get a tax credit and you can start investing it. I do recommend that you wait until you get two or three years worth of that high deductible locked away in your own health savings account before you start investing it in case the worst thing happens and you do need to use you know uh, that deductible that amount for the deductible you don't want to have to liquidate positions uh, an undesirable point just so that you can pay a few bills now the other tip i'll give you is in your health savings account try to build it up even if you do have small expenses i would not be withdrawing it and spending it on it remember that the real value here on uh, investing becomes uh, compounding gains but also, again, as you enter retirement, if you don't have your own health savings account built up, then you might be tempted to get a lot of health insurance coverage above Medicare. That's going to be very expensive. So the sooner that you, and again, you're also, this is money that you would just be giving the health insurance company, especially if you're healthy. If you're not healthy, this may not work out for you. So we've just talked about two, reducing housing costs, reducing medical insurance costs. Of course, the Canadians have it easy on that one. They don't have to worry about that. But transportation applies to all of us. Most of us are spending $8,000 or more every single year on a car. Now, I've met a lot of families that were able to reduce that, right? Now, it's it's difficult if you live in a place that is completely car culture and there is absolutely no way to get around without a car. But even then, if you can downsize from two to one, you're going to save money. Can you ride a bike? Can you take public transportation? Um, you know, some cities, they have to move in that direction. They don't start out. They start out as car culture and they transition into these shared roads. So I would just say, don't give up on the idea that you can do that in your own community because it is worth it in the bottom line. If you are just in car culture, not only do you waste a lot of time in gridlock, you waste a lot of money at the gas station, car insurance, uh, the car payment, um, et cetera, all, it, again, 8,000 or more for most people every single year. Um, so those are basically the big ticket items. And I wanna show you a couple more resources that you should be looking at to help you with this. So I have two that I'm gonna share with you right here. One is the power of 8 billion, it's up to us. And that one has a lot of tips on how we can um, save costs on our energy, whether it's gasoline or um, electric bills. And some of them, especially if you are um, you know, thinking about solar, if you live in a sunny state. So some of these are other ways too. If you're making the electric company rich and electric you know, utility bills are going up, they have increased dramatically over the last decade. Then, and you live in a sunny state, you should, and you're a homeowner and you're planning on keeping your place for 25 years, you should definitely be looking at solar. If none of that is the case, but you still are paying expensive electric bills, then think about ways that you can reduce that. There's a lot of um, 
ways that you can reduce that just with smarter consumer choices or just, you know, turning down or uh, turning down the thermostat, you know, when you're headed off somewhere, um, insulating better, using windows and doors um, to help moderate temperatures, using curtains as well. So there's a lot of smart things that you can do, even if you're not the homeowner and even if you're not going to power with solar. A great deal of them are outlined in the power of 8 billion. It's up to us. If you go to nataliepace.com, just click on the book cover. The ebook is under $5. There's also a great deal of information on the Thrive Budget in the ABCs of Money. Be sure you're getting the fifth edition. Again, just go to nataliepace.com and click on the book cover. All right, um, let's talk about downsizing. So one of the things, all of the things that we just talked about for professionals or young parents apply to a boomer who's downsizing. But basically what I want you to think about, every bill that you can toss out the window can be the best yield in today's world, right? Now you are starting to get paid a little bit more for your savings, but you still have to keep the term short and the credit worthiness really high. Um, Long-term bonds are very illiquid and many are losing money. So you wanna be very careful about fixed income uh, products, but you might wanna be really uh, looking into ways that you can eliminate bills. Again, can you power with your own solar and eliminate the electric bill? Can or insulate better and reduce your electric bill? Can you get rid of a car and take that down? A lot of these choices may actually, not only do they not you know, reduce your quality of life, they might increase it because if you're walking or riding a bike more, you're healthier, right? So think of things differently, like going along in the status quo is become very expensive in today's world. Thinking outside the box, ways that you can eliminate bills as something that can be great. Now, you might say, oh, well, I'll downsize from this giant house that I lived in when I had kids. Maybe I'll go live in uh, one of those active living communities. Now, a lot of times there, you're giving them all your money and you're paying rent. So um, I would seriously consider this, especially if I wanted to do intergenerational wealth, if I wanted to save my wealth and preserve it for my kids. Um, sometimes the, the right answer is to allow the big house, especially if it's paid off or close to it, to become an income producer for you. So maybe you should keep it, especially if it's either paid off or it can pay for itself plus 18% yield and rent it out. Um, I know a you know big professional, and she had a good pension, and she had a good nest egg, but um, you know she wanted to travel most of the time, so she did move to one of those active living communities. It was lower cost. She rented out the big house, and she spends you know six months out of the year traveling. That's her best thing. So remember also that hard assets can hold their value better in a debt world. So if you have a home that's paid off, and especially if you have kids or a charity that you would like to benefit, then holding on to it rather than selling it and burning through the cash is might be a very good idea, especially if you can monetize it by producing income from it. So other ways that you can toss bills out the window, including the solar 
water is becoming very expensive. Can you plant native plants and reduce your water usage dramatically, right? Uh, some places you don't have the choice, you have to get rid of the carpet of grass and put in native plants. Um, you know, the areas that are experiencing drought conditions or problems with their water sources, they are starting to implement very severe restrictions for homeowners. But even if your place is not, if you can either, even you might consider a gray water system or at minimum, a, um, a, you know, some sort of, um, all you need is a hose really from your washing machine. You're going to have to use obviously non-toxic, um, you know, laundry detergent, but you can even water your lawn with the uh, water that comes from your uh, washing machine. And that is, it doesn't require replumbing things. All right. For parents, uh, you probably are paying off your own student loan. You're saving for college for your kids. And what I want to say to you is do not wait until you pay off all your debt to start investing. You're going to miss out on compounding gains. What is the power of compounding gains? Well, Peter Thiel has reportedly over $5 billion in his Roth IRA. So by being religious about paying yourself first, even if you have bills, even if you want to start a college fund, and even if you're paying off your own college debt, by being religious, paying yourself first and learning how to invest that so that that earns a 10% gain, that's your ticket to financial freedom. If you um, pay down debt first, you might find that you never get to that point where you can start investing and earning money while you sleep. So that's, you know, you can't earn any money while you sleep while you're worried about making the debt collector rich at your own expense. So that's one of the biggest mistakes that parents make, or even right out of college, you think, well, as soon as I pay off all my student loans, that's when I'll start investing. So the Thrive budget is actually quite easy. It's 50% to survive and 50% to thrive. So if you want to fly, if you want financial freedom, you got to lighten your load. And the way to do that is not just reducing your expenses, although that's what we've talked about up till now. It's also starting to earn more income. And part of that can be money while you sleep by investing. Part of that could be investing in charity, which uh, in my view, charity is the best networking. Part of that might be investing in a higher education because education has the highest correlating factor with income. So if you have your bachelor's, is it going to be worth it to invest in a master's or an MBA? As um, If you're young enough, that might be something where the math adds up on that investment. Now, also with regard to your kids, you want them to be thinking about the Thrive Budget as a child. I saw a five-year-old girl with her own purse and her own money at the farmer's market with her mom, and she wanted to buy strawberries. And the mom said, well, look in your purse and see if you have enough money for it. I mean, how cool is that? First of all, counting, really good for kids. Um, but also that idea that this child can start being, you know, understanding the value of money. Now, one other thing that we did is if uh, our kid got cash gifts, part of that cash went to his own college fund. So teaching them the Thrive Budget that 10% can go to paying yourself into tax-protected retirement accounts. We started up a dependent IRA. Once your child can go to work, um, even if they're only 16 and they can't really open up their own IRA yet, you might be able to start a dependent IRA in their name. 
and they start learning how to invest and they start getting excited about investing and earning money while we sleep. So these are all really good money strategies for your kids to start learning. So again, you're going to learn more about the Thrive Budget in the ABCs of Money, fifth edition. There's an entire section on it, but we also have a free web app. So I'll show you where you can get the free web apps. Uh, again, just go to nataliepace.com and right there on that badge, if you click that, um, that's going to help you access uh, the free web apps. Or you can email info at nataliepace.com and say, please send me my free web apps. But basically, here's what it looks like on the Thrive budget. This is our easy as a pie chart nest egg strategy. You simply put in your income. Now, let's say you make $100,000 a year. And again, this is um, your gross, not your net, because rich people pay less in taxes than most of us do. That's another thing that we want to start getting towards, that you are getting towards that with the health savings account, with individual retirement accounts where they can earn gains without capital gains taxes. So these are all things that you want to learn. And again, they're outlined in the ABCs of money both the Thrive Budget section and there's other sections about investing in there as well. But basically, once you put in your gross income, not the net, because the goal is to get your taxes down, all you do is click on Submit. And as you can see here, 50% to survive and 50% to thrive. You're going to be able to double your fund budget. You should be investing in education because education has the highest correlating factor with income. Again, if you're a college grad, maybe that 10% of your income is going for college debt. Not everything goes for college debt. T try to get it to 10% so that you can put 10% into your own tax-protected retirement accounts and have them earn a 10% gain so that you can still have fun because fun is actually very healthy for you. You can check on all the studies on that online uh, yourself. So again, learning how to thrive and enjoying your life, whether you are a little kid at the farmer's market with your, with your own money to buy your own strawberries or a 16-year-old who's learning how to invest in the companies that they love and maybe even growing more for your college plan, or just out of college and understanding the power of compounding your gains and money while you sleep, even as you pay down that debt. So all of these things we want to be, again, it's the ABCs of money that we all should have received in high school. It's not difficult. It's difficult to learn it if you never learned it in high school. And once you learn it, it becomes the way life is. You have a great financial foundation. You can build your own financial house that can withstand economic storms. All of these things become possible. Again, I started this out with saying my dream come true life began with the Thrive Budget. It's essential part of the strategy. Now, the last thing I'm going to talk about is teens. Now, we did already talk about, and college students, we did already talk about establishing your college fund, especially with money. When you get in a uh, money on a on your you know holiday or your birthday, don't just burn through it all. Put a you know, adapt the Thrive Budget to that as well. Put some in your college fund. Yes, have fun with some, but also think about education. Maybe put some in your dependent IRA if you've already set one up. Maybe donate to charity. 
because charity is a place where you start learning about what you're passionate about in the world. That's going to help you when you go to college. It's also the best networking. So you might even find some good mentors there. So one of the things that uh, people, I think, don't think enough about when they're going off to college is that a lot of the expense is housing in college, right? And I know people that would buy a house, or maybe it would have room, you know, four bedrooms, rent out the four bedrooms, and it became passive income. So I just want, you know, parents and teens and college students to understand that when you're overspending on housing, it means you're going to have more debt at the end of it all. That's going to be not that exciting. Like that whole college experience thing is really wiped out if you come out with so much debt that you feel like you're buried alive in bills and struggling to survive and that life doesn't add up. So being mindful about this before you go to college and during college and then after college coming out, hopefully better degree for half the cost. Now, where do you find those tips? There's a lot of college tips, both regarding the Thrive budget, but also how you approach college itself. Again, you can get a better degree for half the cost with smart choices. So go for the ABCs of money for college. Again, the ebook is under $5. There's a lot of very important, valuable information in there that I wish every college counselor and high schools had. So you know, if you want to be um, charitable, you know, you should be making sure that at least the college counselors in your neighborhood have access to the ABCs of money for college. All right. So I did have two people that sent in questions and I am going to answer those questions. Remember, if you are a volunteer, I'm happy to answer questions in our video conferences. The first question came from Sierra and she was investing in Jinko Solar. And on May 10th, she read that Jinko Solar had been raided by the feds. And so she was freaked out about that. She's like, oh my gosh, does this mean this is a bad investment? Well, here we go. Here's the, um, uh, you know, May 10th, Jinko was raided. Now, if we look at the Jinko chart, what we see here is that right after the raid, so let's see where May 10th is. So before the raid, it was trading at 48. It's trading at 40, so it did go down. But it hasn't absolutely tanked. The other side of it, too, is this is they have a factory in um, Jacksonville, Florida. So the local paper was talking about this. And Jinko is basically saying, look, we don't know what this is about. We're cooperating with authorities. And in the meantime, you know, we have a big contract with Next Era to, you know, supply their solar with U.S. made although it is a Ch Chinese owned company. So again, what I would say to you, Sierra, is remember that when something become headline, think of every investment in an individual company as a hundred piece puzzle. Obviously news like this, especially because sadly it's a Chinese owned company and there has been ex accelerated tensions between US and China. It's like having maybe 10 pieces of the hundred piece puzzle turnover. But if you act on headlines, you're always going to be late. So if you just say, oh, my God, and freak out and sell, then that might not be good. Because what if it gets resolved, right? Jinko is definitely one of the stars 
on the stock report card. Now, the other thing I would say, um, and obviously Chinese company adds a little bit of risk, but anytime you invest in any individual company, you're taking on elevated risk. So if you would like to mitigate that, then the better idea would be to invest in a fund that has a lot of solar in it. Now, one of the funds that we like at our investor educational retreat is called ICLN. So if we go to iShares, which is uh, one of the more higher rated fund companies, that's why I use this one as an example. And you put in there ICLN, what you're going to find is that this particular fund has a great deal of solar companies, probably has Jinko uh, in there as well. So let's take a quick look at the holdings. So here are the top holdings. And you can uh, check out all of them. So Jinko isn't one of the top holdings, but there certainly is a lot of solar in there. So that's usually a, a way to protect yourself from the volatility of individual stocks is to go for a fund. Now, the other question came in from Anastasia and she was asking about private equity. So I would just say, look, right now, the Wall Street money is very hot and very fast and very greedy. There's a lot of salesmen out there. So be careful because the new buzzword is private equity. And um, the SEC has made it easier for unqualified investors, people that qualified investors have to have, have to meet a, a threshold of net worth before they're allowed to invest in private equity. Um, however, there's a new rule where up to a certain amount, like $10,000, I think anybody can do it. So there's a lot of uh, very, very gifted salesmen that are chasing down people to try to you know, get money for their private equity projects, whether it's <coughs> private equity, real estate investment trusts, many of which aren't cash negative and are a real problem or um, other forms of private equity, like even SPACs, which again, those should have been qualified investors only. So what I would say is that um, anytime you're dealing with private equity, it's, it's something where that 100 piece puzzle has now become a thousand piece puzzle. So you are gonna need to do a lot of research. You're gonna have to have access to the profit and loss statements the projections, uh, the competition, all the things that we look at in our stock report card, you're going to have to do 10 times the amount of work that we do in our normal stock report cards. So if you really have that much time and you want to go for it, um, I would also recommend that you read a blog that um, basically one of our volunteers wrote so they trusted him and invested in private equity real estate investment trusts. Then when they wanted to get out after they learned that these companies had all been cash negative for at least three years, um, he didn't return their calls. And when he find, they, they threatened to report him to FINRA and the SEC, then he did return the phone call. And what they realized is that they had lost a great deal of their principal. I think it was about 20%. So again, massive amount of research involved, um, lots of sale, good salesmen out there, so be careful, and um, potential for losses. I would say at the top of the market with everything so expensive right now, that there's a great deal more risk than opportunity. 
at this point. That doesn't mean there won't ever be an opportunity, but a great deal more risk. Okay, so um, I'm going to stop it there real quickly. And um, if Jenny has a question, we'll get to her. And if not, then I'll come and close it out in just a moment. So I'm going to close it out here. Again, remember, you can always reach out to us at info at nataliepace.com. Um, we offer investor financial freedom retreats, financial wisdom retreats, brain trusted ventures, um, sustainability that focus on both in integrating the Thrive budget and sustainability and intergenerational wealth and all the things that are really going to help you to step into a rich life and stop making everybody else rich. So again, visit us at nataliepace.com. Please encourage anybody to watch this Thrive Budget video conference back. It's free, it's easy. Simply go to youtube.com forward slash nataliepace. You know, click on the videos to find it. Obviously, remember it's June um, 8th, 2023 is the date. But you can also reach out to us at info at nataliepace.com if you ever have trouble finding one of our video conferences. So again, thank you so much for joining me. I'm living the life of my dreams. It's only possible. Um, empowering you keeps me able to do what I do. So thank you for being a part of our community and for sharing this freely and widely. I'll speak to you soon.